So Money Episode 276, Steph Halligan. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. I have a guest today with a very cool title, really awesome job. She is a motivational cartoonist. What does that mean? Yeah, well, she combines her love of drawing cartoons and helping others with their finances in her blog, EmpoweredDollar.com. Her blog chronicles the cartoon version of Steph, complete in green tights and all, to fight the debt monster, as she calls it, in order to achieve financial freedom. Now, Steph has been drawing since, uh, well, as long as she can remember, and added the personal finance expert title to her work after she graduated from college with over $30,000 of debt to her name. She was barely making minimum wage, knew something had to change in order to become debt-free. And that's when she started her journey to financial freedom with her blog, chronicling how she was able to pay off almost $35,000 in student loans in just under four years. Several takeaways from our time with Steph, including her quick trick that helps her keep a lid on spending, parlaying her passion for drawing into a viable business, and how negotiating helped her crush her student loan debt. Here is Steph Halligan. Steph Halligan, welcome to So Money, motivational cartoonist on the show. I've never had anybody like that before on So Money, <laughs> but hey, what a great title. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So let's get right to it. The title, motivational cartoonist in the world of personal finance. Tell me about what you do. So yeah, I've I've recently adopted the title of motivational cartoonist. I was, I think, struggling for a bit how to describe the work that I do. Um, and basically, I've taken something that I love to do, something I've always you know, wanted to do as a child growing up. I wanted to be a cartoonist. I wanted to be an animator. Um, and that dream kind of died away <laughs> when I went to college and, and started to do more practical things with my adult life. But now I've been able to take cartoons and this kind of act of drawing out ideas um, and use it to help motivate and inspire people. So I do that through, through personal finance and adding some creativity to the money world. I do that with a daily art inspirational website that I have. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun to use kind of that lightheartedness of cartoons to talk about really, really intense or um, emotional ideas. Um, and one of those being money. I had on the show Carl Richards, whom we both met at FinCon 2015. He is, of course, the, uh, I guess his cartoons are a lot simpler than yours. And they often chart, you know, what's going on in the economy or maybe some kind of news, financial news angle. How, tell us a bit about your angle to cartooning and, and what have been, like, what's an example of a way that your motivational cartoonism has motivated people? Yeah. Oh, and I'm such a big fan of what Carl does because I, you know, he's really focused on the investing and like you said, more of the economic side of things. And we've talked before and um, about kind of what my unique angle is. And so um, my cartoons, I, I started by 
uh, drawing cartoons about student debt because I started chronicling my student jet debt uh, payoff journey online. And so it, it's just such a heavy topic that I wanted to bring some lightness to it and some fun to it and um, feel like I could actually pay off my debt and, and stay motivated. Uh, so I created a character called the Debt Monster. I drew myself as a superhero fighting the Debt Monster. And that was kind of the genesis of when I started drawing cartoons online on my personal finance um, website. Uh, and the the notice I got from that was really incredible. And just the, the way that people, it resonated with people um, and, and turning something as big and scary as student loans into this character that you can fight and battle and conquer eventually. Um, it, it, I think it transformed my relationship to student loans and it seemed to, to do the same for other people. And I do the same thing on my other art website, Art to Self, where I take the really intense emotional issues of if you're trying to work through something or take a big leap or, um, or, or keep going in life if you're, you're hitting a wall and, and turn it into a cartoon because, um, oftentimes those visuals are the best reminders in life to, um, to stay on track, to stay motivated. Uh, and that was, that was kind of the, the birth of my motivational cartoon career. How busy are you? Uh, you do a lot of different kinds of work in the space of personal finance and cartoons. What do you love doing most? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I like doing a diversity of projects. So I like doing everything from cartoons and whiteboard animations and drawings for myself or drawings for people. Um, but I also like doing consulting work. So before I started this whole cartoon business and, and especially in financial education, um, I was doing, I was in the financial literacy space, kind of the nonprofit startup world. And so I still do a lot of projects. Um, they don't necessarily involve cartoons, but I work with companies and nonprofits to figure out creative ways to teach people about money so we can help, you know, first year college students not fall asleep when they're learning about budgeting for the first time or thinking about those more creative solutions out there. Um, again, in a space where where it might be a little heavy or it might be a little boring. Um, so adding, you know, interactive activities or um, dining creative classes with with clients. Um, those are that's something I enjoy. And it really, I think, helps balance out two sides of my brain, the really analytical consultant type side of my brain and the cartoon side. Um, and I like to keep those both well fed. So it's been nice to do both kinds of work. What's your financial philosophy, Stephanie? Let's turn over to some So Money Q&A. I think what you do is amazing. You, you yourself are... What do you teach others and what do you incorporate in your own life when it comes to a philosophy, a financial philosophy? Yeah. You know, when it comes to a financial philosophy, um, it, it took me a while to develop one because I think a lot of of where I started, especially in lots of student debt, um, it was based around a lot of shame or disappointment, either in myself or someone who didn't teach me about student loans or the economy. Um, and it was coming from a really negative place at first. And so my money philosophy really is focused on start where you are, acknowledge where you are, and then take one small step to get the snowball rolling. Because I think a, a lot of people, myself included, when I was in a lot of debt, 
or even when I was trying to start investing for the first time, you look at it, it, it seems so overwhelming. Like, how do I take the bite off this elephant of my student loans? Or how do I start tackling the debt monster um, when it seems so overwhelming? I, I don't even know where to begin to pay off tens of thousands of dollars of student loans. So what I tell people is to you know, acknowledge that you're here, you know, that's, that's reality, accept it and just take one small step that will create positive momentum, um, for yourself in the future, because it just takes one step today, um, to try to change something in your spending, to try to earn extra money on the side to pay off your debt. Just one small thing to create that positive momentum. Um, I think focusing on that has been, it was really helpful for me and it's, uh, it's helpful for a lot of the other people that I help. So what did you do to fight the debt monster? No. So, um, besides turning the debt monster into a cartoon, um, I did, you know, I focused on a couple things. One was, um, earning money on the side. So doing some side work, doing some writing for some personal finance blogs, um, doing random, you know, random side gigs when I could pick them up and funneling that money is most of it. If I could towards my debt, that was the first thing, uh, really prioritizing my, my debt as something that I wanted my money to go towards. So if it wasn't debt and it wasn't eating healthy, then I basically cut the rest of my costs, uh, you know, stopped going out to eat for lunch when I was at work and, and just really trimmed back and create, made sure that that was a priority in my life. Um, but the third thing I think that helped me the most, helped me tremendously, um, and is often kind of overlooked when you think about paying off student loans was negotiating. So negotiating my salary at my job and negotiating a start, starting salary um, at a new job that I ended up taking while I was still in debt. And both of those um, negotiations, it took a lot of work and it took a lot of guts because I was nervous and I didn't know how to do it. But ultimately, by asking for more for where I worked and at my new job, um, I was able to bump up my salary by like $13,000 across both, both of those things. And that money I made sure got funneled to my debt or a lot of it at least um, since it was one of my priorities. But negotiating was one of those those huge wins for me and really helped me accelerate the the debt payoff process. I would love for you to do more cartoons for other financial bloggers to, to uh, kind of bring their stories to life. So I kind of have this on my site. If you go to Farnish.tv in the About Me section under My Story, uh, my graphic designer did something that I totally didn't even ask him to do, but he broke up my like, 1000 word my story into these really cute images. He kind of broke it up with pictures of me and just visual elements to support the text. And it really brought the piece to life. It's actually fun to read now. It's because it's got these nice breaks. And I see that as maybe a way to go in and really help other people bring their stories to life through picture. Are you doing anything like that? Like people in our circle in the financial community? Yeah, I, you know, I love doing that kind of work, which is taking somebody's story and turning it into something visual. Um, you know, a lot of times it's, it's been this interesting journey. As soon as I started adding cartoons to my blog and started my own, you know, art only, um, 
uh, cartoon website that wasn't personal finance related, the number of people who've reached out to me has been really incredible to do works, work that they're passionate about and adding cartoons to it. Or again, telling somebody's story. But I think there's so many places and I've, I've collaborated with a few personal finance folks um, to take cartoons and add it into something that's already been written. It's a lot of fun for me. And I, and I love, I love doing that kind of work. And I love your website too. I'm just looking at it right now. It's, it's a, it really helps break up some dense text, whether Mm -hmm. it's an about me page or it's a, a story about how to get out of debt. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that kind of work. Stephanie, growing up, where did you grow up and what was your biggest money memory as a kid? What did it teach you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I grew up um, a little bit north of Seattle and um, I, you know, money really wasn't something in the forefront of my mind um, until maybe my teenage years. And I remember very distinctly when I was about 16, you know, I started working um, and earning money, you know, paying for gas, you got a cell phone. Um, and, and then I started to plan to go to college. And I was the first person in my family to go to college. And um, a lot of my friends, they were you know, second or third generation going to college. So they kind of, I kind of felt like they knew what they were doing, but my family, we weren't quite sure. And I felt a little, um, on my own about it. And I just remember asking one day, so how much do we have saved for college? And <laughs> was just met with blank stares. And I was like, Oh, Okay. I guess I'm going to have to figure out how to do this by myself. So I think that was the distinct memory, um, that I have growing up the kind of the first shocking money memory, but you know, my parents were incredibly supportive, um, in their own way, you know, they didn't go to college, but, um, they were helpful in their own way, but there was a lot of it that I had to figure out on my own, um, you know, figure out what FAFSA was and kind of tell them how to, to help me out with that. Um, but that was definitely one of those memories that stuck with me where it was a shift between kind of how my parents managed their money and how I, I knew that I needed to take charge a little on my own. I kind of had a similar experience in my household where in high school, all the kids were applying to these fancy schools and I was a really good student. I wanted to go somewhere fancy because I thought fancy meant value and better. My teachers, my college counselors in high school were saying, you have to just apply for the FAFSA. You'll probably get student loans. That's how you afford college. Most people can't afford to pay with cash. And that's just the way that it's done. So I thought, great, I'll just take out these student loans. And I never really had a conversation with it about it with my parents until finally my dad said to me, so where are you applying, by the way? And I was running off this list of really expensive schools. And he thought, he said to me, well, you know, we probably won't be able to afford those schools if you get in. And I said, that's okay. There's this thing called student loans and I'll just take them out and, you know, everyone will be happy. And my dad said, no, you are not financing college, at least not to this extent. And so he said, you know what? You should apply to Penn State (laughs) because (laughs) that might be a good idea. And as just as a safety, you know, hopefully we'll get into all these uh, these other schools and it'll offer you tons of money. It was ironic, I thought, because my family was so big on education. Like they have always encouraged me to go to school and grad school, but didn't really save I think because my parents era, they just got scholarships or paid for it in cash, all to say that I have been where you were as well. 
Yeah, and I I actually ended up going to a fancy school because I didn't know what I was doing. But, you know, with that student, the student loans I graduated with, it turned into into a personal finance career. So I'm kind of grateful for that. But I, you know, that moment where your dad said, you know, don't go to the fancy schools, I I kind of decided to go the other way and and ended up going to a really expensive private university um, to the detriment of my debt load after I graduated. Mm -hmm. Well, what would you say is a failure of yours? I mean, you had this debt that you got out of, but along the way, was there are there any big mistakes that you made or one big money failure? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, while I was paying off debt, I was so focused on it. Um, and it to the point where it snowballed um and and I just it was just this goal that just seemed like it was looming and I could do it. You know, I had about 30,000 plus in student loans. I wanted to pay it off in under four years. Um, and there was a point, I think in the last year of paying off that debt that I stopped investing in my retirement because I was just so obsessed about beating this debt monster once and for all. Um, and I did end up making up for it and I'm really grateful that I did. But, um, that's just one of those things where, I realized it it could have been a very, very slippery slope, which is to stop saving for retirement. And then even if I paid off my debt to not um, save for retirement after that. But luckily, I was able to recover. Um, So during my debt payoff, I'd say that's the biggest mistake. But now that I've started working for myself in the last two years, I've made so many money mistakes as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, about estimating how much I'm making each month or trying to budget um, an irregular income or paying, you know, using my savings to, to float along when, um, and not investing in retirement on some months, but then the others. So I think that ride has been a little more bumpy, uh, and it's starting to smooth out. Thank goodness. But, um, yeah, there's been a lot of fun <laughs> mistakes along the way for sure. I like to overestimate my income for the year just because I do, I pay quarterly as many, uh, self-employed people do, but I miss the big tax refund that I used to get when I was mm-hmm. employed. So this is my way of kind of creating a built-in tax refund. So this way I don't I ensure I never underpay the IRS and I get this nice little, re, you know, kickback. Um, it, well, it's actually my own money, but you know, it's been, it's nice to have that lump sum in April. Yeah. And sometimes you you need that psychological boost. I'm a big fan. I know math and on paper tax refunds might not work out because you're not earning interest or you're not investing that money in the meantime. But I'm a huge fan of the tax refund because there's a huge win you feel as a person and talk about motivation and and emotions. It's, you know, you're more likely to save that money or do something significant with it. What is your so money moment, Steph? Uh, you paid off the debt, which was what probably I imagine was a great feeling, triumphant moment. Absolutely. What would you say topped that, if anything? So, um, you know, as I was paying off my debt, I was in the last year of paying off my loans. I had $10,000 left. And again, I knew if I was really aggressive, if I earned more money on the side, I could, I could tackle it within that year. And I was, paying it off and paying it off. Um, and, and I was also boosting my, my savings at the same time because I knew that debt was holding me back from something, some living some life that full of freedom and choices by having this student loan burden. So I had been saving a little on the side consistently, um, just in case, you know, I thought maybe I would travel 
the world for like two months and then come back to, to a job. Um, I didn't really know what I was going to do with it, but as the date approached where I was going to pay off my student loans and I could see it, it was October and I, it was on my calendar and I looked at my savings and I looked at where I was in my career. Um, and I was at a job that I wasn't too happy with. And, and I realized that I could, I had enough cushion and I'd be debt free and I actually could start my own thing and I could venture out on my own. So literally I had the moment, um, like one of the first weeks in October, uh, two years ago, and I paid off my student loans. And then two weeks later, I quit my job uh, and started my own business. So I would say like that, that moment wouldn't have been possible without paying off the debt, but was definitely my so money moment where I just felt completely free with my money in a way I'd never felt before. And who would have thought, you know, that pursuing your passion, really, I mean, we think a lot of hype around passion and people just want to go for their passion. And it creates sometimes this feeling of being stuck because you don't know what to do. But you are a true story, a, a, a great example of how you're able to master your passion in a way that is really financially viable. I think that's great. Thank you. So, yeah, I feel really, really blessed to have figured it out. Um, and I think it was m meshing my passion with something very practical and knowing, uh, you know, in a space where people need help um, and there's business and there's opportunities. Um, and I, I don't think if I had just started with only cartoons, I would have been able to make it. But by adding it to something that I had expertise in, I had a background in and that there was there was a whole industry already built around it. I was able to experiment and show off something I love in a really creative way. Uh, and I think that's what made my passion successful in the in the first place. Mm -hmm. What's your number one money habit, Stephanie, something that you practice routinely to help you with your money? Um, so I, I definitely do. There's two things that really help me, um, manage my money day to day and also kind of month to month. The first is keeping a really simple, um, note on my phone where I log every expense. I've done all the, I've, I've tried apps, you know, automatic apps where you, you're, you sync up your accounts to, uh, and they were just too passive for me. And I felt really disconnected by the purchases I was making. So I have a little note on my phone and every time I make a purchase, um, I pull out my phone and log it in. And it's, I, it's a little more of a visceral experience where I can feel how tangible my money is. And I, I have my kind of spending allowance at the top for the month. And so I always, always know where our, where I am against that. And then as an entrepreneur, you know, once a month I try to do, um, a money check-in just to check in to see, all right, am I, you know, is there a lot of spending going on this month? Um, what, what money's coming in? What's kind of on the horizon? Um, because, you know, month to month, something always comes up and, uh, and there's some big expense. So recalibrating once a month, just, sitting down and having a money date with, <laughs> with myself has been really helpful too. I love that little, that little trick though, that you do to put a lid on your spending. I think that's so smart because you're right. I think, especially if you're making these transactions with your credit card, it's really easy to just lose track and sight of where that money is going and just giving yourself, you know, two, three seconds to write it down. I think just that little step can go a very long way in curbing your spending. 
Absolutely. All right. Ready for some so money fill in the blanks? Yes. Okay. I love the enthusiasm, by the way. (laughs) If I won the lottery tomorrow, the first thing I would do is. Oh, my gosh. If I won the lottery tomorrow, the first thing I would do would be to fly my parents to come see me. I just moved to Boulder, Colorado, and I would love to fly them and maybe a few of my friends just to come out and um, and spend some time together. I think treating other people to a fun experience I can share with them is top of my list. One thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better or both is... One thing that I spend on, um, the two things that come to mind, one is my yoga membership um, and the other, right now I'm putting together a book of motivational cartoons actually that's coming out um, this year and um, spending money to have someone else format that for me, even though I know I could technically figure it out myself, but I know the hassle of having to to go in and figure that out on my own would just not be worth it. So outsourcing those kind of jobs just makes my life so much better. Yoga and outsourcing. Check and check. Uh, One thing that I splurge on, splurge, that makes uh, that that makes all the difference for me. I wouldn't have my life any other way without this one big expense. Oh, the one thing that I splurge on, um, good food, just it's, it's so worth it to me to have a really good meal and buy really high quality foods. And even if that means a pretty intense grocery bill, um, I know that, that it makes me feel great. Uh, and it makes me feel luxurious in a way that's not, it's not too luxurious. And, and I still don't have to spend a ton of money on, but it, it always makes me feel good when I invest in good food. I remember one of my guests mentioned to me also that she likes to spend a lot of money on food and she recently purchased duck bacon. And was oh raving my gosh. About it. I don't know that that just didn't give me the same sense of like excitement that it just gave you. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm about to go out and buy some duck bacon after this. Uh, well, you know what? I'm happy to have uh, been the messenger on that one. <laughs> Thank you. One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is... Oh, one thing that I wish I'd learned about money growing up. Um, again, I think I'd have to go back to that moment I mentioned before, which is anticipating the future. I think there wasn't a lot of talk about the future. I was, I was raised to be pretty good with saving money, um, and, and working hard, but there wasn't so much talk about what does investing look like? Or again, like how do you pay for college? So, um, I think future focused money talks would have been very helpful. And last but not least, I'm Steph Halligan. I'm so money because... I'm Steph Halligan. I'm so money because I turned my passion into a money-making business. You did. You so did. I'm so happy for you. So glad that we were able to connect on the show, share your story. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much to my guest, Steph Halligan. For more information about her, the website is art2self.com and, of course, empowereddollar.com. She's also on Twitter at Steph Halligan. Remember, we've got the transcript, the comments from this episode and all previous episodes at somoneypodcast.com, where you can also ask me a question. Click on Ask Farnoosh and ask away. Every Friday, I answer your questions. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Hope your day is so money. So money.